1430 and Talk 96.7 present Ask the Preacher with your host, Jonathan Freed. This is a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered. And it's sponsored by Believer's Fellowship Church. Believer's Fellowship Church is located in North Lakeland on North Socrum Loop Road. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Ask the Preacher program. Uh, my name is Jonathan Freed. As was mentioned in the uh, introduction there, I'm the pastor of Believer's Fellowship Church up on the north side of Lakeland. And uh, in the studio with me today, he's been here uh, several times over, my good friend George Locke. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad you're here. Uh, by the way, George Locke is the owner of a uh, small business here in uh, this area, uh, Polk correct. Tech Solutions. That's right. Uh, you do um, not computer repair, although you know how to repair a computer, but that is not really what you do. No, we're like a doctor for businesses. We uh, diagnose problems, help prescribe the right solutions. Basically, we help your business gain a competitive advantage and grow. So sometimes that's IT work and sometimes it's app design, marketing. And very yeah. well suited for uh, the, the, the small business to be able to compete in a big business world. Yeah, especially as the economy becomes more bifurcated. Yeah, Bifurca- Bidenated? Uh, Bifurcated, yeah. <laughs> I can't pronounce that. Bidenated? Bi- bifurc- no, bifurcated. Okay. Bifurcated. Become split. split into, yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's what he's doing. Okay. Anyway, I know you didn't say it. I did. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, thanks for, for thanks for joining me today, uh, George. Folks, we got a lot of stuff. Always, always a bunch of stuff to talk about. And there's, um, it's very easy to talk about problems. Uh, but the problem with talking about problems is it lends no solution. So uh, today we really endeavor to talk about hope um, and to give you hope. Um, I will tell you just straight up, straight up in the beginning, um, there's no hope, hope to be found in man, but there is hope to be found in the Son of Man, which is Jesus. And so um, that's that's really what we'll we'll talk about today. If you are looking for the government to solve your problems, you're looking in the wrong place. Before we get into that, I want to mention to you that this weekend, um, well, of course, uh, most people would call this Halloween weekend. We don't celebrate Halloween. It's a, in all honesty, it has become an evil holiday. But most people wouldn't see it that way. They would just say, "Hey, it's a great time to go have some fun and and uh, for the weekend." And so, uh, yeah, that's that's true. There's probably a lot of fun out there to have. If you are looking for some fun, I want to tell you about a uh, a wonderful, safe environment to have some. That's Sunday evening out at Believers Fellowship. It is not a Halloween celebration. It is what we call Hallelujah Night. It is a fall festival. Um, and I don't want to get into the argument about all of that kind of stuff. But nonetheless, we will be out there. Um, if you're looking for candy, come out to church. Hear the gospel. Uh, play some games. Go on a hayride. Get some candy and um, uh, you know, roast some s'mores over a, a campfire. That's at Believer's Fellowship this Sunday evening at 6 o'clock. 6.30, actually. This Sunday evening at, at 6.30. Um, there's all sorts of stuff happening anywhere from tonight, which is a Friday, uh, there's stuff all over town, all, all, all sorts of places. Uh, you, you can even, like, I think bowl for free at Orange Bowl up on uh, 98 North, Orange Bowl, uh, like 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock or something like that. Um, 
some free bowling. <laughs> this is amazing. Anyway, and um, but so go have some fun with your family this weekend. Uh, it's going to be interesting weather. A little bit rainy, a little bit windy, a little bit cooler. But Sunday night is going to be gorgeous. Six thirty up at Believers Fellowship. So um, so come come join us. Uh, let the cares of the world just kind of get put aside for an hour or two, and um, enjoy your family. You know, considering that George. Um, there's a, some interesting studies about poverty, about calamity, about um, uh, trouble, uh, in, especially where they realized some things back in the Depression days. Uh, when times got tough, um, people began to hold on to things, but they realized that the most important things were, were relationship-based. Um, it, was, it was family. It was friends. Um, you know, we celebrate Thanksgiving here in the United States of America. I remember one time I was in a foreign country and it was Thanksgiving time. And I'm like, so what are we doing for Thanksgiving? <laughs> and they're like, what are you talking about? You know, it's an American holiday. Um, so Thanksgiving, uh, you know, a lot of people would misappropriate it and, and um, make it about, you know, getting ready for shopping for, for Christmas or about the big dinner. But the reality is it's it's based around giving thanks to God for sustaining the family, yeah. um, giving life, giving provision, um, bringing people together in relationship. So when I think about hope, I, I have good family relationships. I think about family. I, I think about um, coming together and supporting each other and helping each other through through tough times. Um that that type of thing, but not everybody has that kind of experience with with family. Well, and you mentioned Thanksgiving being it's not Canada; they have Thanksgiving Day. It's in October, actually. But it, one of the unique things about the United States is our holiday, nationally recognized and established by Abraham Lincoln, was to thank God for yeah. preserving and saving the country and preserving and saving the the Union. So as we get ready to head into this. Uh, Thanksgiving season, maybe that should be a focus of ours, thanking him for having preserved it for these last uh, 244 years or so, and uh, hopefully he will continue to do so. Oh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, it could be the last uh, last Thanksgiving ever. <laughs> this maybe year. federally recognized, <laughs> but... Uh, I don't know if it would be recognized uh this year anyway but uh, our our intention is uh, to speak of of hope um i guess the the family thing came up because um offering this thought where where do where do people run in times of trouble um if you've had a good relationship with a father or a good relationship with a mother and you have a problem you know you phone up mom you phone up dad and you say hey dad i need i need help i got a problem with something and uh you know i'm i'm hoping you can you can help me here um, you know, hey, mom, I got a problem with something. I'm hoping you can help me here, whatever the case might be. And, um, and, and so really, when we come back from this, this break here, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that and the idea of running to our Father God. Where do you run in times of, of trouble? Where do you find hope? Where do you find refuge? So we're going to take a break. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. The phone lines are open. If you want to call in, you can do that. Number is 863-682-1430. 863-682-1430. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher, a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered with Jonathan Freed. This program is sponsored by Believers Fellowship Church. Hello. 
Welcome back, everybody. Glad to be here with you. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. Phone lines are open, 682-1430, area code 863-682-1430. And uh, George and I are, are uh, talking about, about hope. Um, you know, during the break, I, I, I love the, the, these little mini conversations that we have during the break. So, so I'm 43, George is 33. Um, we're talking about life and where we sit. George is still raising young children. My children are not so young anymore. Uh, one at home, one moved away. Um, you know, so life is a, a little different in our in our perspectives. But um, you know, we see men and women that we have respected in our time of of growing up. Um, you know, in the studio here, there's a there's a poster of uh, Rush Limbaugh who just recently passed away, and that came up in the. In the conversation, uh, another man that that both of us respect greatly, Chuck Missler, has has passed, and and um, so you know this uh, this life is is changing, and so your 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 statement of you know was it always did it always happen this way or is it just basically that we've arrived at this age where we're aware that we are aware now yeah. um, that life is is fleeting by, and then the people that we uh, drew wisdom from are now gone and. And uh, reality is it sets us up into a place of saying, okay, is it time for me now to uh, make a difference in my world? Uh, Their time is gone. Obviously, they're not here. Uh, What do we do with what they imparted to us? Yeah, filling the shoes of of these uh, men, even on micro scales, you know, it's uh, it's a pretty big task Mm -hmm. at times, but it's... uh, it is good that we have strength to do so, and a lot of that strength comes from the family union. And we were talking about uh, just before the break, our Father God and His family union uh, unit. And uh, one of the things that I think is kind of interesting is the attack that's been presented on the family unit, yeah. and how um, the attack has been on fathers. And I think it's a direct reflection on the attack of our father. And um, I, w- I want to talk about the hope, really, that comes out of that. So in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says that now these three things remain. You have faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is, is love. And then I think the reason for that is because God is love. 1 John 4 uh, tells us that. But faith and hope still remain. Faith and hope still remain. And... Uh, <laughs> Kind of a quick segue here, or a quick bunny trail. It's um, I was talking to somebody recently about relationships, and and in our relationships, um, why people get offended. And this makes sense here in a minute. And uh, I had to come to this realization that people get offended in relationships because expectations aren't met. Uh, the only time I'm ever offended is when my expectations have been violated. So in relationships, we have to either have the correct expectations, know what's supposed to be, or have no expectations at all so you can't get offended. Because (laughs) offense, being offended, is always an internal thing. There's nothing anybody can do externally that will offend me. Being offended is a choice I make internally. And so talking about family and hope, uh, being offended, in my opinion, goes hand in hand with hope. Because you're hoping for a certain outcome. You're, you're expecting. You're having this expectation. Oh, okay. I'm kidding. And now. when that expectation isn't met, your hope is shattered. 
and you become offended. And of course, when you're offended, the whole world's out of whack. You know, you're you're out for blood. You want just to to cut off your nose to spite your face. You know, all these other horrible things that follow being offended. And uh, so, in our situation that we find ourselves, men who we respected, women who we respected, they're getting older. They're aging out, so to speak. Yeah. And and now we are in this position where we, not just me, but everybody who finds themselves still alive today, whether you're 18 or 118, you have some kind of role to play and you need to figure out what your expectations are uh, so that you can measure and have the correct amount of hope. And one of the things that you know I do is I strategically plan, and that's where a lot of this came out of, a lot of this thought process came out of. And so I want to talk about what our expectations expectations should be as we continue to fill our purpose in this ever increasingly hostile world that we find ourselves in. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think um, it, the expectation in this. Well, the expectation was given to us of, of Jesus in in, uh, in John chapter 16, uh, towards the end of the chapter. Uh, he said, uh, listen, in this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have trials, tribulation. You're going to have problems. You're going to have difficulty. Uh, I'm expounding on, on what this word trouble or tribulation right. means. Um, you're going to have people that don't like you. You're going to have people that, that don't like the way you think, that don't like the message that you preach, or the, they don't like the lifestyle you live. Um, they're offended at you. Um, they don't have the same hope that you have, and so therefore they're angry at you. Uh, so in this world, you are going to have trouble. But then he says, but relax, chill, be happy. You know, it, it, it's okay, because I have already overcome the world. Uh, and so then he goes on and he says, I'm telling you these things so that you will have peace. Mm-hmm. I'm letting you this. So I, you have so so that you can have the proper expectation. You will not be surprised about these things. And because you know and you have the right expectation, you won't be offended. You will have have peace. That doesn't mean you won't have trouble. It means you'll have peace in the midst of of the trouble. Um, and so the expectation that uh, that everything is just going to be hunky-dory, great, fantastic, every day of life, that's an unrealistic expectation. It really is. But the expectation that we can overcome, that we can withstand and make it through the trial, make it through the trouble, um, whether it takes a while or whether, it, whether you overcome it really fast— um, I, I don't know. That might depend on the person and the situation and, and their their abilities and, and their surroundings and, and a lot of other factors. But nonetheless, Jesus gave us the expectation, you're going to have trouble, but also expect this, you can have peace in the middle of, of the trouble. That, to me, gives me great hope because it's like no matter what I face— I can I can win in this thing. I can overcome it. It it even, and and I know this sounds bad, but even if it kills me, then I have a secondary hope. Yeah, I have a hope that absolutely. follows uh, what I would perceive as a loss in this life. I have a f- hope that follows this life. Yeah, and the, that's uh, one of the things that really just constantly humbles me and amazes me is the the unrelenting options for hope. 
So as you mentioned, yeah, we're going to have troubles in this life. That's an expectation we can expect. But we also have hope in this life that we'll have peace. And it kind of reminds me of Joseph. You know, he was expecting seven years of famine. Yeah. But yeah. he used wisdom because the Bible also tells us in all of your getting, get wisdom. He used wisdom to set the seven years up as an opportunity to bring pretty much all of Egypt and, and most of that region of the world, um, bring them some kind of peace. They were able to feed people, but also as a way of bringing wealth and authority kind of under his control. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have uh, great opportunities coming up and there's a hope on this uh, earth at this time if we can use wisdom and prepare for uh, the things that are going to happen, the troubles that are going to happen, find ways to capitalize on them. There's a hope there. And then, of course, there's the hope of even if things don't work out, if I happen to pass into eternity before the Messiah returns, my hope is that I'll be with him absent from the body. I'm present with the Lord. And then someday, ultimately, he will return to the earth physically. He will establish his kingdom and everybody will be resurrected, some resurrected unto life, some resurrected unto not life, eternal, <laughs> eternal damnation. damnation. <laughs> and uh, when that occurs, when the resurrection of the dead occurs, we will live with him in complete harmony and peace on the earth. And it will be like the garden, but without the uh, opportunity to mess it all up again, which is pretty, I think, the ultimate hope. Pretty awesome that he is the one who is going to do that for us. And that is... Yeah, blows my mind. And, and keeping our eye on that uh, helps us to have hope in this life. Uh, so, yes, it is a, a hope, so to speak. We'll, we'll use this term. There's a hope for the afterlife, or at least for a positive afterlife. Um, and But it gives us hope in, in this life. Uh, it gives us direction, um, especially if we understand the, 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 full, the fullness of the Word of God. Um, I, I guess I'll say it this way. I often will say this at a at a funeral or a celebration of life service. Um, it seems that that at every funeral or celebration of life service, everybody goes to heaven. But the reality is, not everybody goes to heaven. Uh, we we always want to speak highly of people at their at their grave or or whatever at their memorial. But the reality is, not everyone goes to heaven. And so, if we have a hope of heaven then we should do those things which lead towards our the fulfillment of our of our hope if our hope is in the lord jesus christ then then we do those things which he commands us we do those things which he asks of us and and we do those things which are in following in his leadership um, and that that is what gives us the confidence of our hope uh, in in hebrews 11:1 uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things that are not seen. And so we, we have this faith, we have this confident knowledge, this, this knowing um, that's beyond a knowing of the mind. It's actually something that will drive us to, um, to act upon something even when our mind says contrary. So it's not a mental knowledge, it's a, it's a knowledge deep within the soul of a person. Um, and so we, we act upon the hope in which we have. And when we don't do that, I would have to ask the question, do you really have the hope if we're not acting accordingly to it? Yeah, and uh, one of the things that I think is overlooked, uh, this is my two cents here, one is yeah. that we 
we think that our acting on that hope is something that's this big, grandiose, this huge, major effort. You know, I'm going to part the Red Sea. But oftentimes it starts with us just, you know, putting our cloak, our arm in our cloak and seeing the, the, the signs and then yeah. putting it back in Come and, and being healed. Yeah. Or, you know, it's just a matter of going down to Egypt and, uh, you know, what am I going to say? Uh, this is the story of Moses and and freeing the people from slavery. Oh, God, what am I going to say to the Pharaoh? Don't worry, I'll, I'll put words in your mouth and I'll speak through your brother Aaron yeah. as well. It, I'll just, take care of it. Just follow me. Just, I'm going to Just listen and obey. Up. So I think a lot of times... We, just start with prayer, simple things, do the little tasks, take the baby steps, and eventually you'll get to those big, grandiose uh, parting of the Red Seas, which I think are times that are going to happen and, and going to be necessary. You know, as the world says there's food shortages and electricity shortages and dot, 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 and they have all this trouble and turmoil, we can expect that that's going to happen. But We have a hope that being part of his family, being led by his spirit, and looking and keeping our eyes on the hope of today he provides, tomorrow he's coming back. Not literally tomorrow, but someday soon he's coming back. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more yeah. after the break. Absolutely. Folks, you're listening to Ask the Preacher. And uh, we got to take a break here. You can call in. The phone lines are open, 682-1430. Again, area code 863-682-1430. We'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to Ask the Preacher with Jonathan Freed, a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered. It's sponsored by Believer's Fellowship Church. Hey, there we go. We're on now. Welcome back, everybody. Ask the Preacher here. Uh, George and I, I love the the uh, the break. It, folks, if we could be on the air for the whole 59 and a half minutes, but... They do these breaks. They take them away from us. But um, tell me, tell me this again, George. We, we were talking about we we. There's a reason for hope, and that's because there, there's a reason for hope in God. That's because there is no hope in man, and and even the the idea. He said twenty twenty states are doing what? There are now twenty states. It's really weird, and and just look it up yourself. Twenty states have uh, approved, and some of them are already using bio sludge. Basically, they're bio sludge. Yeah, they're taking the dead, liquefying them, and using them for fertilizer. Not not on dead, crops. not dead plants. No, dead dead people. people. Dead people. Yeah, they're, liquefying they're... the remains. Yep, and then taking that liquid and using it as fertilizer for plants. What what kind of plants? Corn, things that we eat. Things, oh my yep, God. Yeah, the things we eat. It's soil and the greenest people. It's crazy. It's almost like, you know, they, they prep us with these, um, you know, media outlets first, and then they, they end up doing these things. Not to be too conspiratorial, but, I mean, that's just a real thing. It's 20 states have approved it. The last one, I think, was Michigan. Just uh, two or three weeks ago, they approved it. Craziness, craziness. But, you know, it's hard. When we talk about hope, It, I don't want to sound too negative or depressing, but well, because the, the, the hope I, is the antithesis of no hope, right? And so if things are bad, yeah, then you yeah. have hope they're going to get better. And so if you're going to talk about hope, you got to talk to some extent the craziness and the chaos and why you why need do, hope. Why do you need hope? What do you if, need hope from? If, yeah, exactly. If there's if there's not anything to need to escape, why are you looking for a safe place? Uh, if there's if there's no reason to despair, then why do we look for for hope? Um, in reality, there's no reason to despair because we have a hope. Um, but there are people who don't who don't have that that hope. Um, 
I, Isaiah forty thirty one, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That that phrase there, they that wait upon the Lord, in other translations it says, they that put their hope in God. They that hope in the Lord, you could say. They that hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They get they get stronger. Uh, why do you need strength? Well, because there's opposition. Uh, there's a there's something that would want to cause you to become weak, uh, cause you to want to just lay down, quit, give up, whatever. But they they that hope in God, those those that hope in God, renew their strength is renewed. They shall run. Well, why do you need to run? Well, maybe to get away from something. I don't know. Uh, they shall run and not be weary, walk and, and not faint. Uh, mount up with wings as eagles, overcome, fly out of the situation or fly over the situation or escape from or, or uh, get a different perspective. You know, think about an eagle and, and the, the, the majesty of an eagle. It's not exempt from problems. It just has ability to overcome certain things. And, and so uh, hope in God is necessary because there is no hope in the world. There is no hope in the world system. Uh, we started out talking that way that the government is not going to solve our problems. Um, the plans of man always uh, fail. Only when man is submitted to the lordship, the authority, the leadership of, of God, do we ever succeed. And so as long as our nation and our world uh, continues to do things that are literally, directly, diametrically opposed to the will of God, uh, to, to think we would find hope in those systems, we're fooling ourselves. But we can find hope in God. Yeah, and the verse that you were just quoting, uh, can I get nerdy for a second, real nerdy? So I'm, <laughs> folks, I'm a nerd. Get nerdy I, with I, it. I love, I love dissecting uh, studies and words. And one of the interesting things about the Bible is this reoccurring theme of three, triune. Whenever you read the Bible, I encourage you to do it. You'll notice that a lot of times he'll list things in threes. So you're talking about soar, run, walk? Yeah, that's a, that's a three. And I, I have a hunch that it's because God is a triune God. He is Father, Son, and Spirit. And even when you look at, say, Revelation, the angels, they they cry in heaven, holy, holy, holy. 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 And um, so it's one of the things that's interesting is that God is described as uh, he who was and is and is to come. There's the past, there's the present where I'm at, and then there's the future. And even in our hope, it's I have hope because of what he has already done. My ultimate hope is that my violation of his law was settled and paid for by what he had already done on the cross. He yeah. took my punishment, my wages for violating his law. So that was a was situation. The is, the is is, uh, boy, that's a Bill Clinton reference. Sorry to throw his name in with the Bible. Um, but... <laughs> the is is I have hope that right now, regardless of how crazy and chaotic, you know, threatened jobs being lost or, again, food shortages, the world turning chaotic, the hope is that even in this time I can find refuge in him yeah. because of what he's done in the past for me, and I can find success even in the turmoil, just like Joseph did during the famine, in the midst of mass starvation, he was positioned to not only feed himself and his family, but to be placed or, or position himself in, in a 
role of authority and to, to gain authority. And then ultimately the hope was just for the, the Israelites in, in Egypt, eventually they'd be led to the promised land. And for us, it is that hope that's coming, the Messiah returning. Then and you're, that's the, the future hope, past we, hope of his faithfulness, current hope of his faithfulness, and the future hope because of his faithfulness. Yeah, and that can only be obtained again by being part of the family. And it sounds maybe a bit curt, bit rude to some people, but, you know, there, there is a hope for people who are not part of his family. The Bible mentions it specifically in Job eleven twenty. It says that those who are not righteous, their hope is just to die. And, and it sounds very mean, but it, the reality is... Well, we if, talked about it before, uh, with this sense of the, the hope of eternity and uh, some for heaven and some... The resurrection of the dead, rather, the resurrection of the dead, some towards heaven and some to eternal damnation. Yeah, I mean, if, if I violate the law... I am going to have to pay for violating that law. And Christ has made that payment. We can have a legal exchange. He crucified my sinful nature on his cross. I can receive his nature as someone who's in right standing with God. But for those of us who, who uh, for, for those out there, not those of us, I've, I've received his nature. But for those who reject his authority and don't want his nature— their hope is is simply to die because the world is going to get worse. And this is the best heaven that they have right now. I yeah, mean, yeah. this is it. And that's sad. So, folks, if, if you're not – if you have not been part of his family, if you have not received his nature, you might want to th- start thinking about doing that right now because uh, the world is going to get crazier. But the hope that was and is and is to come has always been Jesus. And, man, it just – the more you look into those threes in the Bible – Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Yeah. We could yeah. probably do a whole nother... Even, uh, yeah, in the tabernacle of Moses, there was the outer court, the inner court, and the most holy place. There's the, the three parts of man. There's it's all sorts of, of three connections, and it's uh, out of that image of God as to who he is and things that are made after him. And coming back full circle to 1 Corinthians 13, 13, 13, these three remain. Faith, hope, Faith, hope and love. love. Well, One, two, three. Love, that's the Father. He who uh, knows God knows love, right? First John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another uh, for love is of God. Of and love God, and everyone that loves is God. born of God and knows him. He that does not love does not know God, for God, for God is, is love. love. And then, uh, so that's the Father. He is love. And and that's provable, and, you know, that's a whole other bunny trail through his sacrifice. You can't have love without sacrifice. It's impossible. And, and so he, he's represented there by love. And then faith, well, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God, but it's, given to us by the Holy Spirit. And then finally, hope is Jesus himself. Yeah, it's a hope for the—not not just because of our past and not just of now, uh, but also of the future. I, I love the, the, uh, the, hope, the hope for now and uh, the hope for the future. And when we come back, we'll, we'll talk about a hope for the future, not the future life, not the life to come, but uh, hope for our own future and uh, how we could um, extend and increase our hope for our immediate future. We'll just say it that way. Folks, you're listening to Ask the Preacher. Uh, We will be back in a couple minutes with more. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can certainly do so. 863-682-1430. I want to invite you to our fall festival this weekend at Believer's Fellowship, Sunday night, 630. So come on out and see us. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher. 
a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered with Jonathan Freed. This program is sponsored by Believer's Fellowship Church. Welcome back, everybody. Glad you're listening today. I want to invite you again up to the north side of town uh, this Sunday, well, for church in the morning, 9 a.m., and 11 a.m., church services at Believer's Fellowship. And then in the evening time at 6.30, we have our fall festival. It'll be great family fun. Um, get uh, hay rides and candy and, and all of that all of that good stuff, uh, games, and everything's free. Uh, we even decided just the other day um, that even our stuff that we would typically sell, like like hot dogs and drinks and all that, we're just going to give it all away. We're just going to give it all away. So so come and, um, and just have a great, great family time. Yeah, just save you awesome. save you ten or fifteen bucks this weekend, yeah. George. <laughs> that's, I got a bunch of kids, so that's awesome. <laughs> hey, um, you know, we George, you you mentioned a couple different times about Joseph and um, the seven years for those that might be familiar, seven years of plenty, and then seven years of famine. Now, the reason why Joseph even knew about that was because there was a dream that was given to the Pharaoh. And um, and Joseph interprets the dream, and then um, so he just this this uh, the dream is that there's a bunch of fat cows and a bunch of skinny cows, and and then there's a, a bunch of, uh, of bundles of wheat, and and I don't understand what does all this mean. God gives the interpretation to Joseph. He says, "Hey, there's seven years of plenty coming. In other words, we're going to have some great harvest for the next seven years, but then after that, there's famine that's going to hit the land. But have no fear. The instruction of the Lord is." During these next seven years of great harvest, let's set stuff aside, build silos, barns, whatever, and prepare for those seven years, and then we will all be well. Now, run the story on out. It ends up being the hope of Israel. We're talking about hope today. It ends up being the hope of Israel, and Israel doesn't even know it. Israel being Jacob, for those who may not know, and Jacob is actually Joseph's father who had lost all hope in his future because Joseph had been sold off to, to slavery. Um, and so here he, he thinks it's, it's, it's over uh, to some degree. He's got other sons, but they're evil dudes, and, and uh, just, this just doesn't look like the picture that he had hoped for. But nonetheless... God had made provision for that lineage, for Israel. God had made provision to save them. Um, and so there was a hope that was set up. There was a future and a good plan and a, a salvation that was set up for them, even when they didn't know it. And then they come into it, um, and and the whole nation is saved. But I want to focus on that idea of what Joseph saw in the dream and those steps of obedience. You were chiseling on that a little bit earlier to say that we have to obey God in the little things because when we obey God in the little things, um, he is proving his faithfulness and his wisdom to us. And then we know we can have the confidence, we can have the hope, or we can have the faith of him sustaining us in this present life and in the life to come. Obeying God in the little things. Yeah, and it's... um... It always strikes me kind of as funny. I teach my kids these Bible stories, of course, and we talk about Joseph, and he interpreted dreams, and that's a miracle, and it's amazing, and wow, I wish to see miracles like that today. Well, I think we're coming into a time where those things are going to become even more and more prevalent, but when we seek the Holy Spirit, when we pray, prayer is vitally important, when we tune into God, when we exercise our faith and our hope tune into what he's saying, 
I think we're going to begin to see people who are having these uh, led by the Holy Spirit miracles, if you want to call them that. I mean, yeah. they should really just be every day uh, kind of things, but not every day do I have, you know, a divine uh, miracle or, or something like that. But I think the more that we're obedient in the tiny things, tiniest of things being in all things through prayer and supplications, make your request yep. known unto God. Be faithful in that. Pray uh, and bring your, your requests to him. He's going to lead us. The Holy Spirit is going to make it so that uh, I work with companies, right? So then, mm-hmm. and what we do is we help companies grow. And uh, in talking with this uh, company recently, they're being led by the Holy Spirit. The The founder is a Christian and, and he had a very interesting history uh, with his different companies that has now led him to the place where he can use hydroponics and solar power to help people become sustainable and, and ready and be a hope and a beacon if things continue to run the course of, you know, food shortages and electricity shortages and, and things like that. So it's, um, it is an immediate hope that if we are faithful in sticking to what the Holy Spirit's leading us to do, he will provide for us in the turmoil. He will help us to uh, help make the storm and the wind and the waves calm because of his authority because of his leading of the Holy Spirit through us to minister to people who might not even know that they're going to need hope in, you know, the future. Yeah, Jesus said, uh, come unto me, all ye that are burdened and weighed down with with trouble. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, uh, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon yourself and, and learn of me. Let me be your teacher, uh, and you will find rest unto your souls. And, um, you know, that that first part of that, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, uh, that's an aspect that, that doesn't always happen. We have this view in our mind that, um, that there are answers in God, but yet we go and ask everybody else. Um, you know, you quoted Philippians uh, 4, 6, be anxious or be worried about nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, by, by prayer... Uh, and, and and request, make your, uh, with thanksgiving, I forgot that part, with thanksgiving, make your request be made known unto God. The, the, the issue is this, whatever it is that you have uh, that you might have a valid reason in one sense to be concerned or to think about a matter, but you shouldn't be worried, what should you do? You go to God with thanksgiving. You go to God and, and you pray and you, and you ask him and, uh, and he gives help. Uh, he helps those that, that come to him. He's a ever-present help. I mean, he's always available, an ever-present help in our time of need. And so uh, the challenge is going to him. Don't bite your fingernails. Uh, don't run to everybody else in the world looking for answers. Uh, go to God, and then he gives answers. And a lot of times those answers are uh, the people around us say, hey, go team up with so-and-so. And y'all can make a difference in this world. George, thank you for joining me today in the studio. And folks, again, just uh, another invitation to join us at Believers Fellowship Church up on the north side of of Lakeland. Um, You can look us up online, believersfellowship.com, believersfellowship.com. And this weekend, 630 in the evening, you can join us for a, a fall festival. Great family fun. Everything will be free. It'll be good to see you. Hey, God bless you, Lakeland. We'll be back next week. I hope to see you Sunday. Bye bye.